Hawaii football fans, you're not going to want to miss this one. When UH travels to San Jose to take on former quarterback Shevin Cordero and the Spartans. And when you come on our VIP tour, you can also see Levi's Stadium and check out the 49ers and Saints and enjoy one of the best tailgates that you could before an NFL game. Check it out, hisportsfans.com, hisportsfans.com slash tours. You're going to want to be there. Hawaii Sports Fans, official sponsor of the Rainbow Wrap-Up. Aloha. Oh my gosh. There you go already. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that because that's what my voice, that's what a fan's voice sounds like after a crazy weekend. That's the most I can give because I went all out all 90 minutes for my team, LASC, this past week, who won MLS Cup. Actually, it was 100 and it was more minutes because the game went to double overtime and penalty kicks. So it was one of the greatest soccer games. To see my team win the cup was amazing. And I was lucky to only be three and a half hours away from our Hawaii football game, which we're going to talk about today, obviously. Because when you lose 55 to 13 and losing, you know, by five touchdowns the whole night, because that's a fan experience right there. We're going to have Sean's report card, uh, election night, what that means in Hawaii as well. Josh Green looks like he's going to win. Lalo had and I spotted him. We know that he's attending UH games as much as possible now. And maybe he has some plans to also talk about um, where we go from here uh, with our stadium situation, especially, and uh, our leadership situation that we're in right now. Um, Landry already talking about tonight with Joe Moore uh, on the news about the, the how detrimental it would be to go down to D2. But why is he even talking about that? That's something that we want to talk about too, is the fact that in the air, it sounds like um, there is a lot of unpredictability with the future of our program, which we've been talking about. Uh, but we're going to continue to do that. So let's bring on our boys. First of all, Sean Iman. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's up, Wayne? What's up, fellas? Um, thanks for electing to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour with us. Go Bows. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our Lalo head, Shane Agno. What's up, Shane? What's up, boys? Good to be back. Um, go Bows. <laughs> you probably see Shane stressing out on his, uh, his alter ego, Lalo head mm. IG account. So go find it if you can. Wow, wow, wow. You, know, you know, the good thing for Lalo head is that, or and Sean as well, is that they have an NFL team that is defying all the odds right now. <laughs> Um, so that, that at least can be a, a, a glimmer of hope on the football season. Um, but as for UH football, obviously 55 to 13 was, was, a, was a shellacking, I mean, and to have it at a rival's place and to be at Fresno of all places. I mean, for me getting there at halftime, I was dealing with all kinds already walking into that stadium. People were leaving by the way, when I got there at halftime. So I was able to get street parking right in front, which is nice, but I mean, the game was basically over at halftime. I think it was 35-0 at halftime. So, um, and that was the thing I, I taught. I went on the Fresno podcast last week and I uh, talked about, you know, if, if Fresno jumps on us early, it'll be over. And if they're able to run effectively, it'll be over. And if we can't get Dietrich going, it'll be over. And all those things kind of <laughs> happen. Um, so it was over, but... Uh, what I do you know, Wayne? <laughs> and I got back to see Hawaii in my 83rd game in a row so a lot has happened Sheesh. for sure in three games but 
Um, Lao Lao Head, I know that was a tough one uh, for you to have to endure as well. Um, but, you know, what, what stands out to you um, the most from that game? Oh, just, man, what, what pure frustration. It, like, like you said, it was, I hate games where it's over by halftime. I mean, nothing was going right. And it's like sucks because whenever, you know, it's the same. It's like deja vu. We got a good drive that gets killed by a penalty or a good drive that, and they drop the pass. You know, it's just like, oh, it's, it's just so frustrating. So frustrating. Sean, what about you, Sean? Why did it take so long to go to the run and shoot offense? You know, <laughs> like at 55 to zero, they could have had Mother Teresa run the Statue of Liberty play. Like <laughs> nobody cared. Like, what took so long? I, I don't, I just, I don't understand. I know we're our running is our kind of our strength, but we scored with the run and shoot. But so, like at that I mean, point, who cares? Okay. So, to yeah. zero. We did, like you said, we did wait a kind of a long time, but do you think that uh, overall from where we are from game one to here, are we improving or have we improved? Have we took steps back? I mean, this game was a huge disappointment. I think in the fact, not, not a huge disappointment. It was a disappointment in the fact that we got blown out. I mean, but it's not shocking that we lost, obviously. I mean, Fresno is a good team, and they got better. And they're, they're on a huge win streak. Right. I think they're on a five-game win streak now. So they're hitting their stride. So to me, it's not surprising. I mean, but do you, I mean what, what's most important <clears throat> that we say all the time is, are we improving week to week? I, I said that we would lose 37 to 17. Um, so I even, and I had the large, oh no, Shane said 41, 14. So you were the closest Ooh, you're close. prior to here. Um, you know, and, and that was even worse than that. So that, that sucks that it was that bad. But if you were to assess, you know, where we are from the beginning of the year to now, and that, we're not saying it's a straight line, but are we, are we better? Yeah. So in the beginning of the, the first, what, four, four games, you were just God awful. And then we kind of got into what? Mountain West play and we saw we saw an uptick we we saw you know they they played competitively they were close games uh but I think we are kind of playing the junker teams now like Fresno Fresno had a lot of injuries in the beginning of the year they lost a couple and then yeah they're, they're getting their people back and they're they're a good and talented team so we were kind of due for a you know fall on your face game but yeah, it's just kind of disappointing how we played. You know, they scored on what their first eight possessions. We didn't do much of anything. Yeah. So, uh, I watched the game at my parents' house, and my father like refused. He he changed the channel to the volleyball game. He's like, "I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> this is." He refused. So I had to call my wife and have her take the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we scored touchdowns at the end, at least. Yeah. We did yeah. the PAT, I believe was, oh no, we got it blocked. So we got that yeah. PAT blocked and I was scared that they were going to run it back for two. I was like, they better not score any more points. <laughs> it looked like, and they blocked it perfectly where they could have ran it back actually. And luckily it caught up to them. But um, Shane, any moments of the game that really still um, annoy you or piss you off or anything from just you know a play or anything and he's particular it's, it's just though yeah just the uncreative play calling and i'm still not you know impressed with shaker's um 
game you know, performances. And the one thing I can take away though is I'm really impressed with Heinz. That guy is a good runner, quick, finds the whole good field vision. Um, but it gets to the point where I'm afraid with this stupid transfer portal, like how many of our good guys are going to decide to stay? You know, it's like, man, it's just like, oh. No, but, that's right. True. I you mean, know what I mean? It gets like, I, it's, it's frustrating because it's just like scary no. already. Well, like you said, the transfer portal, like seeing who got that first pick and a pick six at that. Yes. Right? Exactly. None other but a former Rainbow Warrior oh, himself, Cam Lockridge. So, and that's the yeah. thing. We are not only, we not only lost players, but the ones that we lost, it seems like they're all making plays, mm-hmm. doing something. And, you know, that's just harder to swallow as a pill. But, and I think that's why there's so much really going against Coach Chang and the staff that, like we said, that the, it, it is really hard for them. I mean, even if they were perfect as coaches, they probably wouldn't, you know, they might not even have a winning record, but it's like the Mountain West has produced enough vulnerabilities amongst each teams and cracks that it seems like we can be competitive. But honestly, I, th- I think Fresno is a really good team. I didn't expect us to win that game. I do expect us to improve because um, we have three games left, you know, so we can improve upon that. But um, before we get into that, we'll close off Fresno State with Shane, uh, Sean's report card. As long as he did his homework. Gosh, yeah. I had to go to the uh, study hall to finish up my homework. My <laughs> dad wouldn't watch the end of the game. So offense, I gave a D minus. I, you know, defense, F, they gave it up. They gave it up a lot. So special teams, C minus. Coaching a D. Ultimate Warrior, any UH fan that watched the game till the end. <laughs> uh, projected win total for the season is three, and I just oh, so you have just, one I more just, game. Then. One yep. more win. Wow, I, one more I'm, win. that's just that's me being optimistic. I'm hoping we can beat UNLV. That's that's what I'm kind of hanging my hat on. Why do you so, think UNLV? Uh, it's a rivalry game. You know, we that's it's always a tough game. They, it's usually close. Yeah, so, and it'll be it's here. It'll be on senior night, so yeah. Yeah, it'll be. Um, it'll be do, I believe they're gonna try and do a pre-game social event as well. The school, um, so that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, Utah State obviously is next, um, and then UNLV. So 12-19 back-to-back games to end the season at home. Um, Shane, I mean, uh, do you do you think we'll be um, favored in any of those games? <laughs> no. Not at all. Even at home. Fact, yeah, even at home. Because uh, what what is UNLV's record? I'm not even. I'm not even sure. Of that. They yeah. got a little bit better, I believe. Well, yeah, they got a little better. And the fact that we haven't even beaten um, Utah State since 2010, it's like, geez, you know what I mean? That, so, that wow. social media post is hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Media saying they went back to 2009. I was like, oh, God. We put up big numbers (laughs) against Utah State. 693 combined yards. Yeah. Uh, That's that's reaching, boys. Reaching. Hilarious. Oh, God bless that that marketing department. 
Yeah. UNLV, UNLV has been losing a lot. I mean, they lost to San Diego last week. It was um, close, though, wasn't it? Yeah, 14-10. So, yes. yeah. so I don't see us being favored in that one either. Maybe. Yeah. Why should we be favored? Yeah. yeah. San Jose State, of course we won't be favored in that. If we can beat San Jose State or we can beat UNLV on our senior night or the last game of the season, that will leave a good impression for the rest of the year. But yeah, I don't know if I can project us to win any of those three of them, but I think there's a chance. I, I would say that there's a chance. But I mean, um, the way that we played against you know San Diego State was what we're going to have to do. And if we keep playing like that, we could win one of the last three of the games or not maybe <laughs> even all three, who knows? But I think that's, that's what was disheartening is that like we talked about, as Shane said, like the game was basically over at halftime. It's like for a team like ours who can't really come from behind, it's not going to be able to um, bring that firepower. Like we need to have strong defensive stands in the beginning of the game. We need to have three and outs. We need to limit the other team's, you know, big plays and everything. So, um, you know, we, we could, we can still do it. I, I think like the Mount, the Mount, the Mount West is, is definitely a, on a, on a downswing. And I think that's something that the entire conference can agree on. I read an article about why that was, and it seems like a lot of the passing yards are down. It's like, we're uh, in the Mountain West scoring oh. in the top 55. No one is in the top 55 of in division one FBS and scoring in Mountain West. Obviously nobody's really getting, ranked no one's getting votes yeah but the a lot proof of low scores <clears throat> but yes the proof is in the numbers the proof is in the numbers yes the, the low scoring i think there was a, a significant dash in terms of transfers that left the conference i mean i, I don't have the numbers to compare but i feel like the mountain west has been affected quite largely and i think it's because the mountain west is that kind of fringe um and I would say high mid-major. Obviously, when we're in the WAC, the Mountain West was always above us. From the moment the yeah. Mountain West split off in 2000, they were in, around that time. Um, is they were better than us? You know, I, I mean, they took the better schools, you know, um, away from the WAC, and they kind of left us um, with, you know, Fresno and San Jose and everything. But you know, we we can't let that gap between us and Fresno and San Jose and, you know, even New Mexico state can't let that grow. We have to stay relevant. I think that is um, something that's going to be important to the future because we're still talking about the future of Hawaii football, because that is even more of an important story than what happens on the field each week. How is our program going to sustain into the future? Today is obviously election day. I uh, hope you got out there and vote uh, voted. Um, uh, we know that Josh Green will probably be the governor. It looks like even with the early numbers, all the polls called them right away before anybody really reported. We, we all would have loved to have seen the stadium issue be something um, that was discussed or debated. But they did ask him about it in one debate and Duke like totally punted on the answer. But Josh Green talked about wanting to build a stadium, but also build affordable housing there. So I think if they can come up with something that's creative, that can fulfill both objectives. We can still have a world-class stadium. Like, I really believe that we could build a stadium like now. Um, you know what? I feel like now that we've lost the lowest stadium too, we all are more comfortable with under 40,000, under 30,000 seat stadiums. Like before, you know, a lot of us were scared. Like we need to have at least this. I think we should be able to expand to at least 35 because just for concerts, at least alone. Um, but we're in a different yeah, world. Yeah, right now, like we'll, we'll just take a building 
like even if it's 20 25,000 like mm-hmm. I would take that please like yeah like please just build something mm-hmm. so we'll see how long it takes for Josh Green because Ige was supposed to have a plan he doesn't have a plan and now he's going to be out of office so it's like <laughs> he's, it's very strange the timing um, but it's interesting that Mayor Blangiardi we don't hear him speaking out more because he is so closely related to U.S. football. I mean, a player, coach, former player, former coach, guy we've had on this show before. So, um, you know, Shane, you talked about Joe Moore asking that, you already talk about, uh, about the football, you know, um, situation. Talk about what Dan Giardi said. Um, well, Dan uh, Giardi said that because he was, he was talking about how, uh, T.C. Ching will be expanding to uh, 17,000 seats and that we need to maintain an uh, average of 15,000 per game to uh, hit our uh, Division One status. And then because he said if we don't maintain that attendance number and have to have our football program go down to Division Two, he cannot see how the University of Hawaii will be able to support the other sports at a division one level. It's going to be very, like very hard to sustain that. So by seeing, you know, like how we said, by seeing the government now starting to say these things, when we were already mentioning it like months ago, it's like, it doesn't seem like these, these leaders are having, they, they, they're not, they don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like they realize how critical this is. Like, there's no sense of urgency by None. anybody. And it's like, why? Like, they don't, like you said, Wendy, it's like, seems like nobody cares. Yeah, they don't care. The I mean, squeaky I think- wheel gets the 400 million, and there's no clamor to build that building. Yeah, I mean the thing is that's funny because we have the land now. We have the land. I mean, we have we've always had the land, so I take that back. But now we know that we need a new stadium, and we have our state land, and we have the money. After the pandemic, we have cash. Mm-hmm. I'm not even using bonds. We have cash to to start building right now, but there's no because there's no excitement behind the program by any level, really, and by our own leadership. Let's be honest, by the people, the stewards of the program. They're not out there excitedly trying to build our program and build a fan base and build a brand. And we talk about this always. Nope. It's just maintaining status quo. And now the status quo drops every year and ever so slightly so that maybe no one knows. That's why no one's panicking. But I mean, if people can read numbers, which they should be able to, they would know that we've lost and hemorrhage season ticket holders and attendance for years, 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 years. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the current situation is the current administrators who inherited a lot of problems and didn't cause many of them, but inherited them and and continue to uphold a lot of them. That's the fact that, you know, they're not signaling the alarm because they don't want people to, you know, to know about how critical the situation is. It's like we're watching football games, even on days that it's sell out. And it's like, we know where we're there at the game uh, in Manoa. We sold don't, out. Not sold out. So... The thing is, it's coordinated. It's not only the school, it's the media as well. Media is not reporting. The media is, and I don't think that's, it's, it's not like they're unaware of the situation, And but they can't be, they, they can't be seen as being like way too outside the norm or people think that, you know, or, or they may, like I said, may lose their credentials with the school and ability to report in the Say school. Say something inflammatory. Yeah. 
So the yeah. thing is that that's the problem is that Hawaii is never held accountable in any way, not from its fans, not from its media, unlike in the mainland where they'll go, you know, after their and, and justifiably. I mean, of course, there's people that are just way too crazy, but then you also have uh, fans that are just knowledgeable and know what a standard should be, what the standard, how it should be set. Um, the fact is, like, our, our clothing deal is way below standard. Mm-hmm. Our, our stadium is obviously way below standard. Our brand management, the way that we are, in, even within Hawaii, uh, how important UH's existence and games are to the community is way down than it was before. So it's like, we know, but nobody wants to say anything because they're afraid of repercussions from it. And that's, not, that's, that's what's sad. It's like a little stadium. Nobody ever wanted to say anything. They just rather shudder it one day like this is crazy um and that's the thing it's like and when we lost the stadium i also feel like we really underestimated i was watching today i don't know how many of you out there participated in the low stadium auction i got um a seat back myself i got a camera lens and i got the letter b which i wanted the most because that was my section and it was really cool to get those um artifacts from the from the stadium but uh, it just made me realize you know, they, re- they reported people on showing people picking up their, their, their winnings and um, how many people were, have that personal connection to the stadium and how much that loss affected all of those people. Like, in a way that they can't just go on living their lives normally. You can't just move on, you know, with especially the way the stadium was taken away from us. It was so sudden and um, it was just so disappointing that I think we underestimate how many people just lost interest in our program because we lost we lost the stadium too so i think that is you know important it kind of lends legitimacy to our program like yes aloha stadium like and a lot of i've heard it like a lot of the athletes a lot one of their main reasons to coming to hawaii and playing for the program is they like they wanted to play in aloha stadium yes and so now now like timmy's job is so much harder with the questions about not having the stadium, a stadium plan in place. His job gets a lot harder now with recruiting. He's got to recruit to TC Ching and that's going to affect the uh, quality of athletes that we get. And in turn, that's going to affect our wins and losses too. You know, Timmy, Timmy can coach him up, but there's only so much he can do. So yeah, it's, it's like we're on a slippery slope and this is such a critical point in the history of this program. And, and we need to decide which way we're going to go because we keep sliding. We keep sliding towards division two. And like, it's scary to me that now these things, we used to talk about it. And like, now there's uh, leaders talking about it on the news and that just freaks me out. Well, the thing is, I think that's important is even, and I'll stand by this, even if Timmy was the perfect candidate and the best coach, and won the Mountain West this year, we would still be sliding backwards. And that's the bigger point that people need to understand. Not only is Timmy in a very difficult situation, but even if he does his best, it's not this program is is on a slippery slope already. And it's it's already I mean, because like the revenue has already fallen short the last three years. We already know 2020 was a total bust. 2021, we only had a few games with fans, and we only had 7,000 on those fans that did come to the games that were open. And this year we've only, you know, managed if, even if we sold all those tickets, even if we sold 9,000 tickets, which we didn't, 
it may be sold seven dollars a game at most. That's not enough to sustain, especially when football is supposed to be the driver of an entire program. When you're yeah. getting more fans, it's like, the it bills. volleyball. Come on now, then football. Yeah. How are you gonna uphold that? So, so, so I, I went to the volleyball game on Friday against Long Beach State, and I was just—it's just such a contrast in the in the fan base, you know, like the volley, the women's volleyball, and just volleyball in general. It's just they're so educated, and they're so knowledgeable, and, and they know what to do. Like Long Beach would rip off two or three points, and right on cue, the you know they jump in with the let's go bows, and yeah. they're just so akamai and so smart, and it's just such in contrast to the football, you know, where like the student section is just twiddling their thumbs when, you know, the offense is on their side of the field and we start the wave in the middle of, you know, our, our offense being on the field. It's, it's just so man. And, but it's like, how do we establish the, a culture of winning and all these things? I, I, I'm like, I'm just like at a loss. How do we establish a culture? Let's stop talking about winning. Let's take out winning already. Because if we've proven something already, winning is not going to solve anything, really. Nothing happened. We right. won 10 games. We're 10 and 5. BBYU and our last game ever in a lost stadium on a high note. Obviously, our coach got picked off by a Pac-12 school after that, directly because of the success that we had that year. Yeah. And that's that he cultivated over the previous three years that he was coached. So that is the reason that we even are seeing more of a fall because the fact is even during that time, attendance was falling and we had barely 20,000 at our divisional title game against San Diego state, which we won, yeah. which I cried at after, but that was because I couldn't believe we won a championship because that was such a long time. But what, what made me even more just one, it was like, I couldn't believe we won it and no, nobody was there to see it. The most consequential game at the lowest stadium in 10 years, easily, um, you know, other than, yeah, over the time. I mean, it's been over 10 years since we beat that Colin Kaepernick game where we, you know, mm -hmm. maintained our WAC championship. That was 12 years ago already. So yeah. what has happened the last decade, really? And then that's the scary thing. It's been a decade since Chow took over the program. And we went Chow, and then we went Rolo, and we went Graham, and now we have Chang. So the fact is, we have gone through so many iterations over the last 10 years. But at the same time, the trend hasn't really changed even though Rolo was only the the only successful of the four and it's it's you know it's like unfair because Graham wasn't terrible in the field but he was so successful off the field that he brought down the program in other ways and that's why um people aren't um able sometimes to 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 recognize when there are uh when there should be emergency alarms going off because they think that's fine we'll we'll find a way to you know get back to our normal thing. We'll be back up again, but these are way different times. So that is the thing. Uh, what Blanji already said is true though, because if we can't get to 50,000, which like we said, where are they going to come from? I mean, where, I mean, how do you think uh, to me, the only way we get 50,000 is to, is to force kids or is to give, I mean, to give at least 5,000 seats away for like to give, probably to give to program to pop Warner kids and hope that their parents, right. Exactly. So I, I've, I've had um, free tickets like given to me like every almost like four out of the five games or whatever. And yeah. I, I've had a hard time giving them away. So and it's like 
I'm getting offer tickets and I don't want them because I don't want to <laughs> be the ticket distributor. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, I don't like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like just, it's, I don't want it to be my problem. So yeah. I, it's so, so what you're saying is people call Sean, but I know what you mean. I mean, it seems like there's tickets popping up all the time. And you know, the sadder part is when you see your own friends who are, like I said, in my, for me in my group, I mean, we were up to nine, 10 at the low stadium and yeah. we're about, you know whatever we have now nine we have more now i guess in our group but the ones that were stalwarts before i mean they're missing out on just hanging out in the car before the game not even having that major tailgate just being with your friends before getting to have some food drink a little bit and go in the game like you can't even do that anymore and that changes the whole experience for people um I mean, you can try doing a little silent tailgate, which uh, Shane was able to pull off in France, but you probably should go early. Yeah. That's that's why, too, it's like the environment. It's like so sad. It's not – I mean, I'm I'm happy to be there, and for me, I I just have fun. But in general, it doesn't – you know what I mean? It doesn't have the feel of a football atmosphere. It's just not conducive. Yeah. It's like having the, the, the strictest parent in a, in a school put on a party, you know, where you can't make noise, you can't play music, you can't do this, you can't do that, but they're the one hosting the party. So, like, you know what, what can you do? We should get people just to park in the stadium and take out their chairs and, like, how they did at Georgia Tech, Shane, how you showed, like, they were just yeah, yeah, yeah. getting outside and just don't call it just be a picnic next to the tennis courts. What are they going to say? Like, it's just like doing it any other day of the week. You're just having a little picnic there. You're spreading mm-hmm. out the towel or you have a table and you put food on there. It's like, what's the difference between that and doing it on a Thursday or something, doing it right before the game? Like, I wonder how the school would be if people tried to do that. If like a lot of people, <laughs> because even like where Nicole is, Nicole building, they could just easily divvy that area around club and just say like, if you bring yeah. everybody's allowed one table per group or whatever, you know, just a table or a little a little picnic. So like right around Nakoa building, I think where um, you know those portables are outside Plum. There's grassy areas, even that parking lot. Why not just start by letting certain people, you know, tailgate there? It's like we're just setting up a picnic. You can do it in the on the on the grass. I think that would be the, a better first step for the school before they, you know, I can. I can see them coming up with excuses for not having tailgates in a parking garage, which are maybe legitimate, but the way that, you know, you were doing it and we, cause I came and joined you guys at the end was very discreet and very uh, respectful. So it's possible to have a little gathering inside of the um, parking garage as well, but there is a lot of area around. There's area around Stan Sheriff center. There is area around. I mean, why not? I think I think people should try to do that. And I, maybe that should be something because it's like, we're not tailgating. We're having a picnic under this tree outside and eating food. I mean, like, what, at what point do you call it a tailgate? At what point is it something that is not allowed to be done regularly there? I think that is, I mean, something that's worth challenging. I think people, because it really doesn't make any sense, obviously, that they're really outlawing it. I think at the very least, they make that an option. Just say, if you want to hang out with your friends, we're not going to call it a tailgate. We're not going to use the word tailgate. But you're allowed to use, take advantage of any of the green space around. Spontaneous gathering of 
No, but as long as you don't, you can even say as long as you have an open flame. Shane didn't have an open flame. They just had all this delicious food. Yeah, that all they, that food. Um, you know, they didn't, you don't need to have a, a barbecue. You just need to have space. You just need to have access. And I mean, that's all people want is a chance to socialize. That's a part mm-hmm. of the experience. Yeah. So, every, so I, you know, I was on that Fresno show, right? And yeah. um, if you guys listened to that clip I posted at HI Sports Fans on Instagram, or I, I posted it, where did I post it? Yeah, I posted it on our, our story. Um, it was when they asked about when I, on the show, we, we talked about tailgating and I told them, can yeah. you imagine you don't have tailgating? And they were like flabbergasted. I mean, you heard <laughs> them. They're like, huh? They're like, that's not football. And they were like, that's not even American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, if Fresno can have on campus, you guys can have on campus. And that was the truth right there. And that's the thing. It's like, it's so out of left field not to have a tradition like tailgating that to not see um, as a leadership how disjointed you are with the rest of your conference, the rest of, you know, division one really tells me that they're either just knowingly like, you know, ignorant of this or they're purposefully like wanting to not, you know, like they purposely don't want to, bring these things back because don't you guys think that it's something that should be discussed? Well, if you're going to, if you're going to throw a party, you're going to have to plan. And there's certain contingencies and all those things that go with it. So I think they're kind of just trying to cut it off at the pass and they just don't want to go there. But I feel like that's being, that's a real, that's working against the growth of your program and sustaining which, what little you have left. I just, I, this is not the way to build a program. Yep. This is you're drilling it straight into the ground, and yeah, I think people got yeah go Shane. Because if you want, if you need to increase your attendance by five six thousand, double it. Yeah, they the, need to how, double. It. How are you gonna do that by just keep doing the same things you do? No yeah. can tailgate, uh, <laughs> Billy V's games. No yeah. more, no more score on the scoreboard. Yeah. You, well, get, you, one just, you, you get one, one concert here. Yeah, do the <laughs> same things over and over again, and your fan base is decreasing. Where's the emergency button? Do, like, I don't like how you said, are they doing this on purpose? Yeah. I mean, and if we can't tailgate, just Explain to us why cannot. Like, all you guys just say is no can, no can, no can. Why? Why yeah. we no can? Yeah. You know, that's why. Just like, no, why? Or say, why like, say, we, you can't tailgate here, but this is what we can do for you. Yeah. Come up yeah. with a come up with a structured alternative that can satisfy <laughs> and, so, like, the, this fan base's need. Because clearly there's a need. And clearly what you're doing is not working. It isn't. I, yeah, my friend's canceling yeah. five tickets next year because Ugh. they're not, they can't tailgate. So they said they're just going to do pay-per-views. Yeah, see, that's like my, a lot of my friends too. And it's funny how you guys talk about giving away tickets because I have friends that bought tickets and they're like, oh, you know anybody like buy my tickets? So I like, <laughs> buy. Buy. I don't buy. even know if you're going to be able to give them away. No one yeah, will exactly. buy your tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why it's time to just give them away. And that's yeah. why I said at the beginning of the year, I feel like season tickets are 
a donation. Like, don't donate to the program. Like, I'm not telling you, obviously donate if you have the extra funds if you want to, but if you want to be impactful, buy season tickets because mm-hmm. it's just, you get the donation power plus tickets to give to other people if you don't want to go or you can't go. And I think that's, you know, that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to charge people, but I, I don't, you know, if I have tickets, I always give them. Uh, it's too late now. I feel like I spent the money. <laughs> Like, it is what it is. You did. Haven't you ever just wanted to experience SoFi Stadium, the building, the atmosphere, the electricity, but just didn't want to deal with the parking and all the planning that went along with it? Well, that's why Hawaii Sports Fans is here. We got the best tickets, the best seats for you. Plus, we got your transportation. We got your parking. We got all the little pilikia that you don't want to worry about. Let us deal with all that humbug because that's the difference at Hawaii Sports Fans from any other company is that we're going to get you that fan experience that you really can't get anywhere else. It's going to be a private experience. It's going to be a lot of VIP amenities, of course, wherever we go, because you are the VIP when you come with Hawaii sports fans. Uh, But we just want you to make a memory and have fun. And that's the most important thing. You're going to put that money down. We want you to have fun and have something to look back on and reflect on for the rest of your life. So check us out, hisportsfans.com, hisportsfans.com, or check us out on social media at hisportsfans on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Hawaii Sports Fans, come find us, come connect with us, and come join us on the road because there's really, really nothing like it. We've been doing it for 10 years now. It just keeps getting better. So maybe in response to the fact that there's nothing um, beforehand like tailgating. So there's that pregame rally, Rainbow Warriors Aloha Rally, they're calling it, by the Nakoa Clubhouse and Lawn, which we're talking about, um, as a place. So they're going to have a rally there. Um, and attendees must have a football parking pass, but you can register. And if you register, you'll be able to attend this event. I'm going to see what the, if there's a charge to it. Um, but let's, let's be honest. The fact is people want to be able to bring their own food. So this is going to be $25, this thing. I don't know what it includes. I don't know if it, it's just $25. Oh. I can't imagine. What are you, where are you reading this at on? I'm reading on Eventbrite. They've already... Oh. Yeah, they've already put this out. I know Joyce Lausch... This is for the Utah State game? This is for the UNLV game. UNLV UNLV game. Oh, because it's the last home game. It's a senior game, yeah. They're going to have a thing from 3.30 to 5.30. It's $25. It doesn't say if you get anything with it, for one thing. So... (laughs) (laughs) Promise (laughs) nothing. Give yeah, nothing. no more beers. My friend's not gonna want to go to that. Be like, <laughs> yeah, do you want to go to that? Shane, does it sound like something you want to go to? If it had food and drink, yeah, I would oh, yeah. go $25. Okay, so what it says is enjoy drinks, food, oh. and on games all within a short two minute walk. Okay, so I guess there is food and drink, but it doesn't say if it's going to be... Yeah, soda, water. I mean, for $25, it doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, usually pregame tailgates are like... Oh, complimentary poo-poo. It says complimentary poo-poo and beverages, so $25. So that'll be before. So that's something I guess they're trying. Um, But the thing is, it doesn't look like... It doesn't say adult beverages. I doubt that they're adult beverages. You probably got to pay for the beer. $25, I doubt that they would give free alcohol. Um, But it looks like they're going to try and have poo-poos in. So they're going to try and do something. But And I think that's a start. I give them credit for trying to do something. Um, But 
people want to be at their cars. They want to be tailgating. They want to have play fun games like we did at Colorado State or and New Mexico State. They want to like see all their other friends that they haven't seen. I mean, that was a cool thing. Whenever I see like expats at all the, the road games, I mean, that is their reunion days too. That's like a day for them to see other local people from Hawaii. Like it's truly an event. And we need to get back to that again, where we're making UH football an event in Hawaii. It should be the event, the event that messes up traffic. The yeah, event. it's just nice to see, uh, you know, a couple tents strung together with a whole bunch of, you know, Hawaii flags, the, yeah. the state flag, and just, yeah. you know, people barbecuing and doing their thing. Yeah. That would be the best when you drive on the freeway and you see all the parking lot full. Yeah. With the smoke and the tents and the flags, yeah. it was like, yeah, you get the chicken skin when you see that. Get excited, super excited. Yeah. We'll never see that again. We really never will at this point, never. And that's the sad part. It's like, there's no so now, like, what are they saying for? Well, say what, 2007, 2006, 2007? Yeah, come on. I want to tell, like, come on, UH, you really think our fan base is going to be patient for five to six years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, bro, you asking a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. They need to just get started. They need to figure out what parts of the stadium, the current law stadium that they could still use, like literally one side orange, if possible and reconstruct it or put up bleachers there, take down one half. You got to start, you got to start bringing things back to Halava right now, in my opinion, and get tailgating, get back to it. Even if you got to borrow stuff from the current TC Ching, like don't spend any more money on TC Ching. I think at this point, if I at TC Ching, if we if we want to stay there forever, it is going to be D two or it is going to be FCS. And honestly, I don't mind. That's another that's another thing that I want to say. Like I, I've gone to a point where I don't mind if we go to FCS. And the thing is, the reason I don't mind is because I think it, I. It, we could have two FCS teams, which would be nice and have a West Oahu team as well. And give other kids additional chances as well to play D1. Um, first of all, you need, you don't need as many scholarships and um, you know, you'll be able to, we have enough kids in my opinion, to fill FCS rosters, um, you know, kids that are playing, you know, even kids that are playing at like Pacific university in Oregon, like an AIA. Yeah. Those kind of kids can play at FCS level. So, I think we'd be able to 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 um, meet those levels. Plus, it would be fun to have a little island rivalry, to have West Oahu. Um, have a, I think it would be fun. I think that would be something that would save college football in Hawaii. Even if we had to play Weber State and Southern Utah and all those teams. Gosh, it's sad now that I think about that. But um, and actually, that those schedule would make it would be hard to get. But at this point, that's the amount of people that would still come. I don't know if it would get less than this, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine getting more, even if we. I mean, <clears throat> outside of us joining the Pac-12 right now, which San Diego State looks, according to Dan Patrick, who I'm yeah. sure has a lot of sources, you know, San Diego State's going to the Pac-12, and would, I mean, this is a perfect time for them too. Even though they had to lower their ticket prices because they were too high at Snapdragon, which I said on the show at the beginning of the year that there's their prices were too high but you know a lot of them these stadium but builders they, get their they money found back. a way they their administrators found a way to get it done and now yeah it looks like they're gonna be going to the pac 12 because you they said, did the yeah. right things 
you think that's a big reason why they got the invite because of the stadium? No, I think I think the fact that they're in California and, and then more yes, the market, I mean, the, the market. basketball team. But I'm saying like think- their their stadium is so amazing that it would that I'm sure it, it definitely helps their mm-hmm. situation. Because is you think Fresno might get the because Fresno's good. I mean, do yeah. you think they might get uh, approach next? But is their stadium old? Their stadium holds about 35, I think. Is it nice or is it old? It's like older and it's like... A pit. I mean, it's okay. (laughs) It's like, it it just goes straight up. Like you walk straight up. So on both, there's no double level. There's only one level. So if you walk the steps, it goes really high. I've I've heard Cal and the like, those state schools. Like San Diego State and Fresno State. Yeah, and that's the thing. So UC schools are really snobby compared, you know, yeah, to the Stanford and the Cal, you know, like. Oh. Well, Stanford is a private school. Stanford is not a UC school, but I'm talking about the UC versus Cal State because they're both they're both public. They're both funded yeah. by the same taxpayers. But the but UC schools think schools, they're better. Yeah. Well, they are. They they have a higher level of academic rigor mm-hmm. and uh, entry, but at the same time. Um, you know, you have to be proactive in, in, in setting up your program to be a mini pro team that is out there trying to win fans over out there trying to sell out games. And that's the thing. That's the thing in Hawaii that, um, is most disappointing is that we don't, we didn't have that paradigm shift yet where we're, we're considering, we're looking at our team as something that we need to grow a fan base around and a brand around. I mean, because that's what's going to sustain. I mean, if Boise can do it, anybody can do it, right? Well, and yeah, here's the thing. is Here's a spoiler alert. If we are not going to be the next team into the Pac-12. We are struggling to hold on to our Mountain West status. Yeah. <laughs> that's There's just a spoiler alert for, for those yeah. of you who think you're trying to, yeah. Oh, maybe UH can go with San Diego State to the Pac-12. That's, that's not happening. Like, not even close. Well, we should be able to save at least half a million if we... Get rid of subsidies. I mean, just that alone. Like they need. They like. I don't know if it's eagle or if, like you said, are they're afraid that people are gonna just take their jobs. But to me, an, another problem is I doesn't seem like they're op- like they don't open welcome fans with open arms. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the super hardcore fan, like myself, like us, I, I don't feel like we're acknowledged or, or you know, like like yeah. how San Diego State was giving away free jackets. Yeah. Your LAFC okay. would acknowledge yeah. minor kind podcasters. Yeah. Which is crazy. Me, I, I cannot even crazy. I cannot yeah. even get one free football card for crying out loud. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> raw. I got one card the first game, and that was it. Like, geez, you can't even give us everybody one card that comes to the game or something. They're just printing out cards. Like, like even like with the seat backs, like, oh, like I I, I mentioned this before, like, it's not gonna, you're not gonna lose money by giving us a free seat back. But I know, I understand you guys gotta make money. But in the long run, don't you want to make your loyal fans feel special? Yeah. But you guys, they don't do nothing to make us feel special. 
Like so this Nakoa thing, Nakoa thing. Oh, we're gonna all you long-standing season ticket holders. No need pay the twenty-five bucks. Just come, enjoy. Yeah, stuff like that. That's a start. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't feel like they like they keep trying to get new fans, but at the same time, they don't make us hardcore fans feel special. How are they trying to get new fans, though, Shane? You said yeah, this well, before. <laughs> it's yeah, not accurate. That's why I have to call yeah. you on it because it's not. They're not even trying yeah, to. Yeah, they're not trying to fans. do that. Either. So it's not, don't make this against new versus old fans. It's about the fact that they don't have any yeah, business yeah, no. trying to find fans. And we were told that. I've been told that directly that Spirit doesn't buy anything. Uh, yeah. We don't, we're not important enough because we're not rich enough. This yeah. is really the reason. That's such a sh- crappy attitude, though. It's the it's the casual hardcore fan. That's the 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 you know the base of the program. I, I understand you need donors and all that, but we don't have huge donors to begin with. You know what I mean, we so we we gotta get that hardcore fan base built, man. Just, yeah, and there's no creativity done. Like I said last week. Um, last game was pride game or what was it the two weekends before it was the last game. I mean, it was a day of pride where the rainbows, like everybody is packed in Waikiki at Kapilani park. Like make that a part of the pride festivities, make a pride night. That's what other teams are doing, having pride nights, but they're not even the rainbows. So it's like even easier to do that in Hawaii. And the Kapilani park is right down the street from the stadium. You could- <laughs> Anything you could add a theme, you could have done a lot of things. Like it's about making money. It's about building rev. It's about revenue. And people don't know that. People that are not fronting have a breadth of knowledge of how society works and how to get outside of the bubble. I mean, that kind of creative thinking is not at UH. It's not found at no. It's not in our athletics. And the fact is, they they waste a lot of money. They have an IMG contract, um, contracting out. We still have that. I mean, technically, yes, technically, yeah, it's still on there. So what's the point? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like when they did a national search using a firm to find Benji. Like they're on the firm was like, let's Google Asian ADs. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hire this one. Okay, pay us five hundred thousand dollars for that Google search. But that's the school because um their minds are colonized as well and that's the problem in hawaii we have people that are allowing um people that shouldn't be making decisions to be making decisions at institutions of hawaiian learning (laughs) be there for native hawaiians and that is a bigger problem um and that's why hawaii continues to be behind and that's why hawaii politics is so terrible because still not done in a way that is equitable to everybody looking forward to the future it's all about you know, money and power and, and everything else. And that's why, you know, UH football is on the fringe because there's nobody that's really a steward of the program that is willing to jump in there and play the games that it takes to build your program and to, to stand out because you have to, you have to be relentless in growing a division one program. It's, I mean, looking at, at Deion Sanders, I mean, Deion Sanders is constantly. Oh my gosh. He is. Wrapping his team. He does new things every single week. Yep. He's innovative. He's Deion Sanders, literally one of the yes. best ever play Prime time. football. And okay. he still goes all out 
and markets the hell out of Jackson State because he knows he needs to do as much as he can for this, this program. And he is literally Deion Sanders. He can sit down and do nothing the rest of his life and just have people go up to him and say, you're the greatest cornerback of all time. I mean, literally, that's all he has to do. He's Dion, but he and he's coaches relent- are ready to fight him because he's got so much attention. <laughs> they, they're ready to throw hands, but the, but the attention <laughs> is not about him. The attention is about his program. Right. We know that when Dion Sanders is on TV, a lot of it is about him. We know that is a part of his mystique. Is well, that's what was cool time. about Rolo. Rolo had some of that. That show he did. He did. But at the same time, you knew what it was about. Even, uh, but for Dion, he wants to give his kids those giant nil deals. He's looking out for his kids like that. Like, I want right. them to make their coin too, even if they are uh, HBCU, even yeah. if they are in FBS, FCS. They should be entitled to still making their 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 butter too off of their own backs and and playing football. So. It's harder to do it there at Jackson State, and yet he is still doing it because, and of course, he's bringing his Dion with him, but he's constantly on social media. He's constantly yeah. finding a way to advocate for his kids or advocate for the conference on TV. He finds a way to be embroiled in controversy or something that keeps attention there. So Jackson State is on an upper swing, more of an upswing, and they're FCS. Because they're getting what, the athletes. Who would you want to be with? Yeah, F- FCS. Jackson State or FBS Hawaii? What what yeah. team do you think is more valuable right now? Honestly. Jackson Hawaii. State. It's, it's not yeah. close. Yeah. And Jackson State gets fans. Even before. And this like Mike Barker, who loves Hawaii, you know, he's been to every school and he loves Hawaii because he loves the fans, not because of the, the program, it's because of us who have showed him um, the way. But Mike Barker has been to every FBS school and has is almost as a halfway through every FCS school, which is really freaking crazy. Um, he loves to talk about HBCUs and how supportive they are. And with Dion, all he's doing is turning it up a notch. Yeah. And that's the thing, like when we talk about culture, and that's why I brought it up to you earlier, Sean. Like we need to develop culture, not winning culture. We just need to develop culture. We need to, and I I brought Period. this up on our podcast. Yeah. I was like. Where, what Hawaii is lacking, I'm not worried about us losing on the field. I, honestly, like even if we win the rest of the games this year, we're still going to have cultural issues. As a program, cannot rely on winning on the field. We need to rely on what can keep people excited about our program, like new clothes, jerseys, like things that are like get-togethers or like the stadium season, experience, tailgate. Season yeah. ticket appreciation. Every team yep. that I've been a part of, season ticket, I'm a season ticket order for LAFC, I'm a season ticket order for Kansas City Chiefs, and I've season tickets for the Rams, obviously, as well. Those three are all professional teams. All of them have season ticket appreciation days, and they give you a lot of stuff. All three of them give perks to people that go to all the games. They can keep track of those kind of things. They give points. I mean, it's like simple things like the Chiefs. They're con- rewarding loyalty. Con- the Chiefs support into the app. Yes, that's loyal to them too. Like just showing that you're logging into their app every day, they'll give you points. And then you can get points throughout the year and you can redeem them for signed footballs. You can redeem them for access to like uh, draft parties. Those things aren't hard to do. You can take a room in San Sheriff Center before the game and say, this is all for people that sit in 102, 103, 104 and the very middle. And they, they, you know, charge them an additional 
hundred dollars per. I mean, I'm serious. You can charge seventy five to hundred dollars a game, or whatever, and just say, you know, it comes with free alcohol, free beer, um, and free food, like actual food, like Hawaiian food or something. You know, like just go all out with that. Like um, extract more money, but increase on what's easy. Like food is, you can get make more, a lot get more. Yeah, what's yeah. so hard? We have alcohol partners, right? We have beer partners. Yeah. We have people. I mean, like. My point is it doesn't matter what the event is. It only matters what kind of experience you're going to have in the, in the stands. If that's, what's going to get people to get, go to the games. That's literally yeah. at the end of the day, that's amen. That's it is, is not necessarily the game. Cause you need to do more. Um, and it's amazing how many people ask us me fuchsia, like, Oh, who are you related to on the team? Or all of us road warriors. Oh, how, what is your connection? Everybody always asks us this from other teams. And we're yeah. always like, we're from Hawaii. Like that's our connection. Like that's all in Hawaii. That's so rare to these people. They're like, wait, what? That's so crazy. But that's what makes Hawaii and our program so special even more is that you're connected to it simply by being the from Hawaii. Hawaii. That's our connection. It makes and us unique and what makes us special. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what we have for this, you know, what, what we have going on on the field is what is, is, is only so much. And Timmy Chang is only going to do so much. And, you know, we're we on stage. Any, you guys think we're going to win or lose? <laughs> I think we have a chance against Utah State. I don't think they're that good, but, you know, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I think if we played like we played against San Diego mm-hmm. or played against Nevada, that we can win. Just, yeah, yeah. It's just hard because our team is just handcuffed in so many ways by the circumstances around them. Especially, I mean, playing in the stadium is probably not that easy either, not without that many fans. And for some kids, they probably it's had a tough bigger, deal. They probably yeah. went to those stadiums. Probably Brendan Shaker. Probably yeah. Those guys, those guys who are from Texas. Yeah, they, I they mean, played in nicer stadiums in Texas. Nicer <laughs> and stadiums than TC Chang yeah. too. So, I mean, that can't be easy for them, for their psyche, but I think they've, they've dealt with it pretty well. But anything else to add, Shane? Anything you got left? No, I mean, I just want to say to the fans listening, I mean, it may sound like this whole podcast was all complaining and negativity, but we, like, like we said before, we want this program to succeed. I, I wouldn't have been watching these games for over 40 years if I didn't care wholeheartedly about this program. But, I mean, Timmy can only, like you said, Timmy can only do what he can do. We need support from the leadership to make, like you said, make the game day experience better. It's their responsibility to figure out how to engage the fans. And nobody's doing that. And somebody needs to start getting a fire lit under their ass and realize that it's getting crunch time. It's, it's, we're in a state of emergency almost, you know? Yeah. So that's all. They got, wanna, engage, they got to engage the students. I mean, just right. having another guy to, to teach the students how give, to cheer. Give them extra credit for going to the games, professors. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, HBU would give credit. I mean, HBU gave uh, tuition waivers for their, their group. Oh, wow. So, yeah, those kids would have to go to 
to soccer at Hawaii Loa, then you'd see them at basketball at the Blaisdell. So HBU was all about that, making sure they had rewarding effort. There you go. You know, making an effort. But it's just like you said, Shane, it's engaging fans, um, creating a better fan base experience. That those are all things that have to be priorities, though. Like if they're not a priority, they're not a priority. I mean, then they aren't. Then that's why we're gonna be mired in mediocrity and possibly dropping a division because of the fact that the people that need to step up right now aren't stepping up. And that's because, like you said, there is no sense of urgency amongst anybody, even amongst Ige. Like, oh, he's he he had he he needed to make this announcement so bad that he was going to cut off, you know, Glenwakai's project. And I'm only calling, you know, the stadium, the new Aloha Stadium Entertainment District Kamakai's project because he was really the chief government official yeah. uh, spearheading it. Um, but we also know they're not in the same camp, him and Ige either. So there's going to be issues there. But if Ige was really concerned about legitimately maybe the fact that these private companies were just going to extract profit off of our state land and we weren't able gonna, to have a functioning stable uh, or we weren't able to get a, a functioning stadium out of this at the end of the day that can be maintained every year, then what's the point of giving up so much to private companies? I understand that that is a concern, but where is your plan? You hear like, you don't even have your own plan. You don't even know what to say. So nobody is urgent and the school has no plan. Like there's no plan. Ben Jay had that architect do that one building that, um, he oh right right that he paid for yeah. yes honestly i would use those plans that uh, i would take that hurt. right now Let's slap that puppy yeah. together i'll take it yeah so that was what like was that 30 30 yeah that was 35? like a 30 one yeah. yeah so it was just like a, a like a rectangle right yeah it was a like box. a rock yeah. yeah yeah so i mean i think i think there's there are solutions that can be done right away at Halava. And I think we need to keep the parking there. We need to have tailgating, but we need to get football back there already and figure out a way, even if they got to start demolishing a little stadium right now and taking off parts of it and just figuring out what to do, letting people stand on one side. I have no idea, figure out what to do and make some, you got to get people back i think to halava soon i don't think we can stay on tc ching for too long and expect even when they expand i think i think the expansion might just be a huge waste of money that's the fear for me too the schools mm-hmm. waste even more money making tc ching bigger when we're only there temporarily but because of politics we still have to move into the new stadium but we won't have that many fans anyways and then we're just going to have a new stadium without a team you know, eventually. Yes. So, Sean, anything else you want to add? Yeah, a shout out to my wife's friends, Hitomi, Brent, and Tatum for listening for the first time. Thanks for uh-huh. tuning in, guys. <laughs> Thanks wow. for tuning in, guys. Thanks, all of you. Check us out, hisportsfans.com. Remember, here at Hawaii Sports Fans, we're about the fan experience. Number one, obviously, is that memory that you want to you want to have when you go into games, especially on the mainland. So. Come join us on the mainland when we're going um, to NFL games, NBA games, the Super Bowl. All of those things are, po- are possible with Hawaii Sports fans. And we have all the plans um, for you, so you don't even have to worry. That's the best part. Um, check us out, hisportsfans.com. This is the only sports-driven tour groups you're going to find where 
we're we are focused on fan experience. We're not focused on um, just making the plans, but we're going to make the plans for you. But we're going to make plans for you that are about the fan experience in mind. First of all, always best restaurants, transportation. It's a VIP experience. So come join us, hisportsfans.com and leave your email at the front page so we can add you to our list. So please do that, hisportsfans.com. Support local. This is all local, 100% local. 10 years in the business. Um, but mahalo for joining us again. Make sure you like and follow us on social media at hisportsfans. Also, on uh, our podcast wherever you get your podcast at the Hawaii Sports Fans channel make sure you like the Spotify Apple Google Podbean um, Amazon we're everywhere John and Shane this is Wade Wayne Quaid so we'll talk to you guys next week and hopefully I have a voice Aloha <laughs> Bobos Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com.